You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC. I am very excited to be talking to my dear pals. First off, my QB2, Maddie Lane. Hi. Hello. Um, what? Who's starting? Craig. Oh, okay. okay. That's exactly. Okay. No, oh. okay. No, now we're good. We're greased up and ready to go, Craig. Good. I'm glad we're greased up and ready to go. Greased up real, real nice. Kent, my friend, we we have gotten through two weeks of preseason football. Like it's it's basically here. Like starters are probably not gonna play week three. We're probably not seeing Patrick Mahomes and company until week one. Like are 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 you already gaining that separation anxiety from from the best player in the universe? Yeah, I'm 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 struggling. I'm coping right now. <laughs> It's always weird. Like the preseason, the preseason games are always kind of, it's just it, it, the schedule throws you for a loop because the start of training camp feels like football's back. And then the games start and you, you basically like to your point, you don't see this, the starters after August 19th. And so now you got to go from night, like three weeks before they actually are playing a real game. This is the worst part of the preseason schedule where it's the last chance you get to see the the you know the 40 of the 53 man roster whatever it is 30 of the 53 man roster you're going to see half of them. And then you got to wait. And you got to wait until September 7th. And the only reason you get to wait until September 7th is cuz your team won the Super Bowl. You would have to wait 4 games or 4 days extra if that wasn't the case. So this is this is the worst part of the schedule, but it is um it's exciting to uh, to kind of break down what happened at the same time, right? Because there's going to be a lot of time before the 53-man roster is released. There's going to be a lot of time before the Chiefs and we're all ramping up for a real game. But there's plenty to talk about the roster construction of this team. And I think that's where we want to go today because I think there is things worth reacting to both from the Week 2 preseason game, but also some of the comments that Andy, made, Andy Reid has made since that has happened. And I want to start with this one. We kind of talked a little bit about it in the pre, you know, in the in the post game show, but there's been more light shed on the on the quarterback two situation, and it ties for for me, it ties directly to the roster construction stuff. Uh, but Shane Bouchelle gets in before Patrick or before uh, after Patrick Mahomes and before Blaine Gabbert in the week two preseason game. He gets the run with the with the ones. He gets to to run with the first team offensive line and the receivers and all that. Blaine Gabbert goes immediately after. We all kind of said, huh, that's interesting. That's worth paying attention to. And by the way, Shane Bouchelle goes 10 to 10, 105 yards and a touch, uh, touchdown on the ground. Great job, Shane Bouchelle. Good day at the office. Making yeah. the most of your moment. But then Andy Reid gets on, on the podium afterwards. And this is where I, we're, we're going we're gonna to start talking about this. Andy Reid gets on the, in the podium and says, well, you know, the game plan really wasn't for 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 Blaine Gabbert to play, but things changed. So, huh? The most valuable reps that your backup quarterback's going to have with the first unit in a game setting, and you're just completely bypassing your true backup quarterback? 
you hear him kind of soften his stance today about who actually is QB2. Maddie Lane, I think we have a full-fledged QB2 quarterback battle going on in training camp. Can I throw a wrench into all this? No. Unless last it- year, last year, Chad Henney didn't play in the second preseason game, and Shane Buchel did. Um, yeah. And Chad Henney was never not QB2, despite us having this exact same conversation last year. I don't know if now, we had this exact same conversation. By us, I mean Chiefs fans in general, but I also can guarantee you we talked about it um, because I feel the exact same about it then as I do now. And that I don't think I trust Shane Buchel to come in in the AFC Divisional Round and lead a touchdown drive when you have to have it. I Not that he can't. And he 100% has earned the right to do that, to get a chance to do that, you know, if that push comes to shove. But here's the thing. The Chiefs aren't in a position to just give somebody a chance to do that. They have to feel confident in someone doing that. And just throughout, you know, his college career and what we've seen in various preseasons, Shane Buchel to me, for me as a fan, I just don't have that confidence in him. Now, I don't, don't know if Blaine Gabbert necessarily makes me feel as confident either but i do think that he's been around the nfl a lot longer he's played more snaps in the nfl he has seen more live action when stuff matters so i think this is a lot more in line of exactly what happened last year Hmm. when he just didn't play like blaine gabbert was supposed to not play in the second preseason game and he ended up being qb2 i i will say this Chad Henney had the Andy Reid playbook for mm. a couple more yeah, seasons that's the big difference. than Blaine Gabbert. That's, that's the big difference. Yeah, that, that is the notable element here. Because, yeah, Blaine came in third, but he'd been with the team for three years. Yeah, they're just trying to give Shane some looks with the wands. I, I get it. Like, it, on the surface, you can just kind of sweep that under the rug and be fine with it. Blaine kind of needs these reps as well. Like, he, he needs those reps – with the ones, Chad got those reps with the ones throughout several preseasons there. It's just very notable. And I don't know what could have changed in Andy Reid's mind. Maybe maybe going 10 for 10 and looking as good as you do uh, for Shane Buchel, he just turns to Blaine and he goes, hey, guess what? Strap up, buddy. Like, you're going in. We're, we're pulling the kid out. We're, we're good. Who knows what that actually means? But it does raise enough questions about, are the Chiefs going to keep three quarterbacks or are they going to keep two? And when it comes down to roster construction time, which we are in right now, that makes a yeah. massive difference in the 53-man roster. Well, what if it's this? Mind games. They don't want Shane to put more tape out there to get poached off their practice squads. Ooh, they had to send Gabbard in to eat up snaps and film. Could be. Why is Blaine, or why is uh, Shane Bouchelle practicing with the twos today then? Explain that to me. I think this isn't just simply something like this where Gabbard's with the ones. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't think that was the case, uh, according to those that were there. But no, I'm looking very hard into this differently than what we saw with, with Chad Henney. I'm sorry. Because he gets out there and this Blaine Craig, you're dead on. Blaine Gabbert has not seen you know, has not been in Kansas City for more than four months. These are valuable opportunities for him to get live bullets against a different opponent in this kind of setting. I don't understand why you would waste a golden opportunity for that to happen if you weren't intentional about the other guy pushing him to be your quarterback too. And then to follow up the rotation with practice today with the twos. I just, something doesn't, 
something doesn't check out to me as far as the, I, I, I don't, I'm not ready to dismiss this. I'm not ready to diminish the, what is happening in front of us. And I mean, he played what, well. Blaine Gabbert leading the NFL in preseason touchdowns. Is that what we're not dismissing, Kit? I think I think there's Rasheed real- Rice is great, Maddie. That's what that tells me. Rasheed Rice, a terrific football player. If you take away the first three, first two throws of uh, of Shane Bouchelle's preseason, he's been awesome. <laughs> like he had a near interception on the first throw, and then an actual interception the very next play. <laughs> And since then, he's he's been going out and just and balling out. He played outstanding against uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. Granted, it's the Arizona Cardinals, a terrible football team that the Chiefs have bopped previously. But I'm not ready. I'm not ready to dismiss all of this. I I think I don't think it's something you should dismiss. So then, what do you think? I think that Blaine Gravitt's the quarterback too, and that Shane Buchel's being given a chance to compete for it. They're close. It's just at the end of the day, what's the Chiefs' backup quarterback's job? Like, what is the Chiefs' backup quarterback job? It's you pray that Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hurt and that they can come in for a drive. Yes, right, and yeah, like which quarterback? Right, I mean, from what you've seen throughout their entire careers, you can go back to college or what they've done in the NFL. Which guy right now do we feel confident in doing that, playing that one play, that one drive, more better than the other guy? I know who I feel more confident in, but. I'm not there every day and I haven't, sure. I'm not the guy trying to maintain and ensure that Shane Bouchelle's on my roster for the last two seasons. And so, I mean, they've, I no, they've, it's fact. They've kept a third quarterback when they historically haven't kept a third quarterback for the last 20 months. They, they didn't do this prior and now all of a sudden they are. And so I'm, I, my antennas are up for this. I, I kind of feel like Shane Bouchelle has a very real chance of being quarterback too. And it poses the question. And I think it's the rest of the roster construction. If they love Shane Bouchelle as much as it seems like they do. And they're not they're, They maybe are moving on from Blaine Gabbert. Maybe they're keeping two. Maybe this is some of the roster construction stuff. They're actually keeping two. I think it's in the realm of possibility. And it's, a, there's a chance. It's not the two that we were thinking about literally three weeks ago maybe they are going to keep Shane Bouchelle to be the backup to Patrick Mahomes as they seemed intent on doing the last two seasons like we can't ignore the track record with this team in this in this kid and he played well he played well he's played well this preseason like I I'm wondering if they're not keeping two Maddie we're still okay um I think they've done everything that they can to make sure that Shane Bouchelle has not been their backup quarterback the past couple years so while they've kept him They've done everything they can to make sure he's not the guy going in for that one drive. So that that's still where I sit. If it changes, it changes. I'm not I'm not going to lose sleep over it one way or the other. Like you said, we're not there. Always losing sleep over it. I mean, you're pretty amped up about this. We're we're 12 minutes deep talking about the backup quarterback battle right now. I'm gonna sleep soundly tonight. I just don't. I, I don't have an answer. Like I trust Gabbert right now to go win a drive when the game matters. Not Michelle. If they feel differently, they will, and it will be fine. Is that it, Craig? Yeah, that's it. I have no more QB2 takes. All right. Well, then we're going to take our first break. Thank you. Thank God. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? We've got to interrupt today's podcast to tell you about our friends at Factor. And with the busy season just around the corner, school's starting up, football's starting up, sports are starting back up for this season. You might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for these jam-packed days. And Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up with fresh, chef-preferred, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy with your end-of-summer goals to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and the prepping and the cleaning up while still getting the flavor and the nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy to get back to crushing your goals. Refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. You can choose from 34 weekly flavor-packed dietitian-approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. And then you can level up as well with their Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. I put in an order with Factor. I got a chef's choice, so I'm excited to see what they send me there with uh, Factor. So here's what you got to do. You got to head to factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's code KCSN50 at factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. Now let's get back to the show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's so many fascinating roster construction questions starting to be formulated. If it's going back to QB2, I'm out of here. It is. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they keep two. Maybe they don't. I'm starting to wonder if they do. And well, it might be to accommodate some of the other conversations that we might have. Like, I want to talk about wide receiver at some point. Craig, I know you really want to talk about the DB rotations and what's kind of shaping up there. So let's start there and just let's 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 have that conversation. Let's move to defense. 
Sure. Yeah. No, the DB room was fascinating on Saturday night. Shamari Connor coming in with the nickel group there, moving into the slot. You know, it's not necessarily something that we're looking at and going, oh, wow, Shamari Connor's running with the ones. It's Legereus Need's spot. But the most interesting part of that is Trent McDuffie has been largely playing in the slot since about the middle of last year. They had some games where they followed some guys around, but by and large, Trent McDuffie was in the slot. Trent McDuffie, a good tackler. They're going up against a run-heavy team in Arizona that they're not scared of having to you know, defend deep. Minimal game planning. Trent McDuffie all of a sudden isn't in the slot anymore. They they move Shamari Connor in there. Does that tell us that maybe they don't view Trent McDuffie in the slot? They tried him out there in preseason week one. They move him outside in preseason week two. You see Joshua Williams then come in and supplant Jalen Watson. Jalen Watson running with the twos deep into the first half there. There were a lot of things and a lot of things that were shifted in this DB room in preseason week two Enough to make me wonder if this is a little more unsettled than we think it is. Like, we knew that there was one of those spots that was going to be uh, a competition. This Joshua Williams-Jalen Watson role, which is still the case here. Because Ladarius Knee comes back, he's going to slot in with the ones. Trip McDuffie's going to run with the ones as well. Is Shamari Connor now all of a sudden going to be a dime safety, which he was at the end of the second half? Is all of a sudden Jalen Watson, is he on the outside looking in with Joshua Williams coming up to the forefront here? There are a lot of good young DBs on this team that are going to play in a rotation here. And going into preseason week two, I thought it was pretty well settled who was where and why. Now, all of a sudden, with Connor playing in the slot and then moving to deep safety with the twos there, kind of supplanting Dion Bush, you know, not being the guy there, and then getting some of those first team special teams reps as well. It makes me wonder if all of a sudden we are seeing a little bit of a shakeup in preseason week two to see if they can get by without maybe keeping one of these veteran DBs that they do have on the roster. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of hard to figure out, I think, what the Chiefs are doing in the secondary. And when Steve Spagnuolo, Dave Merritt weren't shy about it, they had been a little displeased with, I think, just some of the, the progress that that secondary had taken, specifically, I think, those second-year corners. And I don't think it was directed at Trent McDuffie, but, I mean, for all we know, it could have been a little bit. Just It seemed like they just felt like they hadn't quite got the steps that they wanted out of all parties involved. And I think it's pretty easy to draw a direct line from – you know, uh, Watson not playing like at all with the first team to them saying, and maybe they were talking about him. And then Joshua Williams is a guy that, you know, we has won also not won the starting job. Like if he's starting that directly according to the defensive coaches, it's just kind of by default, not because he went and took that job away, at least as of last week, you know, before this game, but he's out there. He's a guy that's still learning to play the position a little bit. He's still putting it all together. So it's just, they're kind of in a weird spot with the court, with the defensive back room altogether. And then like to Craig's point, this is the thing that took, I think all of us by surprise a little bit, Jamari Connor going in into the slot with the first team. Now, granted the majority of the time he was just rushing from there. So right. Like, he was just kind of being sent on a full blitz, send, which baby. Is, which is, I mean, if you're going to do it, that's probably the best way to go. I don't know about getting him matched up with slot wide receivers or any wide receivers, the way the Chiefs use their slot corners. That sounds like a scary proposition, but they at least tried it. So 
is this going to be the return of, you know, the Chiefs' heavier nickel package, their Buffalo package? Are they going to have that, you know, card in their back pocket so Trent McDuffie can stay outside in the nickel? Jerry Steen plays across from him in the nickel. Maybe it had nothing to do with Trent McDuffie not being in the slot and just the fact that they didn't have Snead and they wanted to try keeping two outside corners, getting bigger in the nickel versus a kind of run-heavy-ish offense in the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see what this all means. I just, as of right now, I'm taking it in stride as we might get a little bit of a return of that heavier nickel package, that Buffalo package for the Chiefs. And Shamari Connor seems to have a leg up on even Mike Edwards, which I do find a little bit surprising, even though he's clearly the third safety, but he is not the Buffalo defensive back. Yeah. Do you think maybe it's context clues for, like if, if we go down that rabbit hole, it could be context clues for, hey, look, Drew Tranquil is going to be the dime linebacker. But Nick Bolton's not going to be on the field. We want to try to get a little bit better run support by beefing up with some safeties. You know, like just that could be the logic. I could see them utilizing this, you know, we're going to play with this. We're going to try to get Shamari on the field for some, you know, to play like a Buffalo nickel because we know our linebacker may not be as stout against the run that we're going to be playing. Like that seems like a logical progression you could take. And they're look preseason. Like there's no, there's not a lot of game planning. If any, there's, you know, you don't look too much into it, but to, to deny the fact that there are themes or elements or pieces that they are exploring within what the game is doing and what is happening within the game would not be a fair statement either. So they're looking at different things. You can point to something like a Wanya Morris and his rotations back and forth, both sides of the line as means to check about him as the true swing tackle. And it could be the same, you know, this is the logic logic trend I could see for Shamari Connor getting that look. Maybe they want a little beefier nickel group because they're going to be taking a step back from that perspective with the linebackers. I don't know. Anything? Oh, go Craig. Yeah, no, I, I look at it from that very same perspective there. They're trying out a number of things there. Mike Edwards has looked really good this preseason. He looks like he's, like I think, very clear safety three. And so I took notice when running with the second team there that Jamari Connor going from this slot role exclusively, not exclusively as a blitzer, but mostly as a blitzer. Now all of a sudden they, they sort in with the twos. It's Mike Edwards and Shamari Connor as the two deep safeties playing split safety roles there. That's a major thing there because it's not, you know, Dion Bush, a guy who's running as the personal protector right now and whose role on this team is almost exclusively special teams. If that means that Shamari Connor has leapfrogged him a little bit, that puts that position in question a little bit more, especially if you're looking at, hey, we want to keep that 10th offensive lineman or we want to keep that seventh wide receiver. If you trust the new guy to come in there and play that role and play the special teams role that Dion Bush is as well, that all of a sudden frees you up for that extra position there. And no, not quarterback, but one of the more important positions that will actually contribute to this team, like an offensive lineman or a wide receiver, it just makes sense. And so they're definitely trying stuff out. I'm reading into it probably more than the team is right now, but it is noteworthy when you see a rookie climb the depth chart as aggressively as maybe Shamari Connor has, because 
we've heard nothing about him. Like they're not really talking about him in pressers. They're not really featuring him in training camp. This hasn't been one of these things where you've seen this kind of gradual buildup into this role. It was, hey, he's mostly running with the twos as a slot guy. Good blitzer. It seems like that's where they're going to use him playing some special teams, maybe, you know, he's on that edge of the roster, at the bottom of the roster, too. Now, all of a sudden, I I think we can ride him in Sharpie for LeapFrog and some of that and playing well while doing it. So I'm looking at a guy like that and that sort of movement up the depth chart. It makes me wonder what that means for the other guys that are there, the Deion Bushes, the Jalen Watson, who it's great to have that kind of depth, but now all of a sudden, is he CB4 or CB5 in this rotation? Who knows? Like, And that's not something, I think when we were all talking about this corner position earlier this year, I think we all kind of picked Jalen Watson to start the year. And now all mm-hmm. of a sudden he might be very firmly planted down the depth chart. It's just very interesting to see a climb like that and a rise like that out of a player that they just drafted and obviously love a lot. I mean, even this point in time last week, I would add Jalen Watson comfortably as the third corner, just yeah. based around the, the talk, like we said, that we heard from Spagnolo and Merritt. If I were to pinpoint one second-year cornerback that I thought was probably not progressing the way that they would have hoped, it would have been Joshua Williams. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Maybe he was given first-team reps just to do that whole sink or swim thing they like to do. Or maybe he's the guy that has been a little bit better and Watson's been the one that's struggling. It's just, for Watson, he seems to be more assignment sound. Generally speaking, he's a sure tackler. Yes, I know Keontae Ingram made a miss in the open field, but he has been a more sure tackler. He's been willing to drive downhill and stuff. He's also made plays on the ball. He has been the more consistent uh, of the two. So we'll see what to make of that, I guess, going forward. Like if I don't know if how the first team defense is going to shake out in this next game or anything like that. So we'll have to see how it goes. And then, yeah, Shamari Connor, I I got my eyes on it because I don't know what it means as of yet. I am very hesitant if it's going to be something that gets significant reps in a game on how much that would be exposed, especially if we don't get Drew Tranquil as a linebacker out there with him. Like if it's a Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, or Nick Bolton, Leo Chanel linebacker group, plus a Shamari Connor, that middle of the field there, it terrifies me in, in pass coverage. Like I don't trust that group of three in pass coverage right now. So we'll just kind of have to see what the situations are that call for it. Is it very specific? Is it a more broad use thing? But they put it out there. It's on tape. Guess who has to sit there and stare at that a lot leading up to Thursday night's week one game. The Detroit Lions have to sit there and figure out what in the heck is going on with this Chamari Connor fella playing out of the slot. I do, I do think it's funny that that lineup of Leo Chanel, Nick Bolton, and Shamari Connor on on the field together. You're not going to have to cover for long because they're all coming. Like every <laughs> single one of those guys is getting sent, so you don't have to cover for very well, long. Pastors needs help that. from somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I just remember Steve Spagnolo during the pre-draft or during the like as as he was on the call with Shamari Connor when he gets drafted. We're gonna blitz you. Like mm-hmm. he said that specifically. <laughs> I don't know why anybody's surprised. Steve Spagnuolo is being, no, we're going to blitz you. Like there might be a tendency already. <laughs> I know there's not, but I do think like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're going to send Shamar and he's good at it. He is good at it. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they've, hi- they've hidden their intentions very well. Cause like, that's literally what was on the call with, with Steve Spagnuolo. We'll find out. I can't wait to see the defensive back rotation. 
We're going to take a break. We'll be back to talk about more after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. What's good, everybody? It is Ben Heisler from Benny and the Bets here on KCSN. And if you are ready to go the distance and improve your golf game like I am in the process of doing, I want you to head on over to PXG right here in Kansas City and take the PXG Gen 6 Driver Challenge. They are confident in the Gen 6 that they're putting their money where their mouth is. If their Gen 6 driver does not deliver more distance, more carry and roll, higher dispersion compared to your current driver when you go in for a fitting, they got you covered with a $100 MasterCard reward card. That's it. Go in for a driver fitting. See if your driver is up to their driver. And if it is, you get a $100 MasterCard reward card in the process. This is an unbelievable opportunity to upgrade your game with a custom fit PXG fitting. I've had it at the Kansas City store with Alex. It was one of the great experiences I've had in a golf fitting period. So take the PXG Gen 6 driver all throughout the month of August and get ready to hit those fairways with confidence. So visit your local Kansas City store or head on over to pxg.com for all the terms and conditions. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. The defensive tackle position is obviously something that a lot of people are discussing, especially you know the Chris Jones stuff. Yeah, uh, we'll see where we're at on Thursday. I don't, I'm not going to say Rant Swanson is going to come out, but I'm kind of getting, I'm over this whole saga. He's salty. He's salty, y'all. I'm over it. I'm just over it. <laughs> I'm over it. We'll see. We'll see where we're at on Thursday. Don't cross me. I'll, I'll release the DMs. No. Uh, <laughs> please don't. I just, yeah, don't don't cross Maddie, I guess. Um, but Keandre Coburn getting some run with it, with the defensive tackles early. I Danny Shelton playing well. Like, I know we talked about this specifically with regard to Derek Nottie. The Chiefs have good problems up and down their roster. We have, we'll, we'll talk about one of the other good problems coming up here, but it just feels like there are some roster crunches that are more competitive than I think anybody really anticipated them being two months ago, a month ago. One of them being defensive tackle, Danny Shelton inserting himself into the conversation, and Danny Shelton, Keanu Coburn kind of outplaying Derek Nottie to this point, Maddie. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little surprised that Keandre Coburn got first team reps over Danny Shelton. Um, I think it was fine to give one of them reps. I think they experimented with two nose tackles on the field at once. They had Coburn and Derek Nottie together and Coburn is the only nose tackle at times with the first team. So they were trying stuff and I have no issues with getting a rookie reps with the first team guy, seeing how he holds up for stars and stuff like that. But Danny, Danny Shelton has been good. He's been very good, especially versus the run. He's very he's quick for a big man. He's got some quicks to him. There was a, a play where he backdoored an offensive guard trying to cut across from him, and then he almost chased it down. He actually ended up forcing the running back to run right into a linebacker. Like Danny Shelton's been good this preseason. I'm surprised they haven't given him any looks with the first team to see if he is just a veteran that's dominating backups these past these first two weeks, or if he was a guy that was ready to really contribute, you know, on an NFL team like he has in the past. So I think they're in a good spot. I, Coburn flashed a little bit. I also think his conditioning maybe isn't great. Anytime that he kind of has to run a little bit of a longer distance for a nose tackle, there's a severe slowdown and a slow walk back to get ready for the next play. But he's getting there. And you saw that his explosion and size and strength do fit pretty well at the NFL level. 
I think there's a little bit that still needs to be learned there. He got completely blindsided by a couple blocks where some guards were coming down, laid him out. Um, it happened twice in the game, one of them late in the game, one of them with that first drive. So he, you know, there's some stuff there to work on, but yeah, it's a good spot for him to be in. It's just, I want more Danny Shelton. And never thought we'd be here, but I want to see more Danny Shelton. He, I think he's been their best defensive tackle so far through two games in the preseason. I mean, I don't know that I could dispute that. Like, he's been that level of good. Like, he really has. And, yeah, I would have never predicted that in the preseason there. And so, yeah, him maybe, you know, not getting those first team reps. I'm sure we're going to see plenty of him plenty of him in preseason week three. After Saturday night's game, I mentioned that uh, we needed to see more Danny Shelton and more Keandre Coburn, you know, running a little higher on the depth chart. Uh, I just completely missed the Keandre Coburn ones live <laughs> during the game there. I was charting, you know, DVs there. So I missed that. It's good to see because I think he's a lock for the roster. I know they really like him. I know he's got a lot of growth to have. So I do think that the competition is really between Derek Naughty and a guy like, you know, uh, a guy like uh, uh, big old Danny Shelton. Like, I think that's really where it is. And to this point, it has been the Danny Shelton show. Um, I am really curious to see what they do with this because as it stands right now, Matt Dickerson's been getting a lot of run with the ones. Daniel Wise has been getting a lot of run with the ones. Those guys have been seeing a ton of time. And yeah, that makes some sense with Chris Jones out and Turk Wharton out. But when they started rotating in some of those other guys, like those guys are more the future of this team than a Daniel Wise or a Matt Dickerson, not to take anything away from them. They deserve the snaps that they are out there and they're getting here in this preseason. But if you're building the future, it's Coburn. It's maybe one of these other young guys. I don't know if that's Danny Shelton, but he's certainly showing that it deserves to be a guy like him. So I, I just have my eyes on that a lot. I know we're going to see some other guys here because Matt Dickerson has a turf toe injury. Maybe the Chiefs dabble around and pick up a Marquand McCall who just got cut by the Panthers today. Please Blue do ball. it, please. Please, big bully. Um, I, I would be very interested in seeing him at it, even if it was just for preseason week three. He deserves to try and earn his spot on a team somewhere else. But it is one of those positions that I think we looked at before preseason week one and went, wow, this is going to suck. Like, it's just going to be hard to watch because these guys are not playing particularly well. And I think of all the positions that we kind of targeted that maybe we're going to be a little deficient, this one has vastly overperformed it for me. I, I feel like they've got some guys on there that I like a lot more than I thought I would like at this stage of the preseason. I feel like we're looking at a lot of guys in the 45 to 60 range that have overperformed. And that, that's kind of been fun to watch. And maybe not be that big of a, it may not be that big of a spread, but, I think you can point to so many different positions and say, wow, that's going to be tough to cut guy X. That's going to be tough to cut. I mean, it's going to be tough if they cut one of their three nose tackles. It's going to be tough. You know, I they are. It's yeah. <laughs> They're not going to carry three, but yeah, it's, I it's, get it. But it's going to yeah. be cut. It's going to be tough to like, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to, you're going to be sweating about Khalif Halase. You're going to be sweating about some of these other guys. And Shane Buchel. <laughs> I'm not bringing it back. I just, I, I feel like they've done such a good job, you know, with the bottom of this roster. I'm very fascinated. That's the word we've used a lot today about what decisions they make with their roster construction. 
And, you know, there's some good football players that are going to be let go by the Chiefs. I, I'm also, I'm not going to be stunned if there's a surprise player that we all flip out about specifically because of special teams. I could see that happening too. The one thing that seems to be very much in play for the first time in Andy Reid's history is seven wide receivers. And we've all been talking about it and we've treated it like an afterthought because the talent probably justifies seven receivers kind of feels like we're I'm not saying it's cement, but it, Andy Reed brought up six or seven and that's look, Andy Reed's very vague this time of year. He's making it sound like there's a chance. Patrick Mahomes plays in week three of the preseason. Like he's acting. Ah, we'll see. He did last year. Took one snap. <laughs> <laughs> to honor well, Lynn Dawson. Okay. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to count that. It's just, you know, he's being very vague, but now he's throwing out things like six or seven. I don't see them. I don't see them keeping only six. I think I genuinely, Justin Ross is a Sharpie. I think Richie James is a Sharpie. Now try to do the and math. You're using after the that. word Sharpie real loosely. I'm not. <laughs> Okay. Who do you think? Who do you think? Who do you like? I don't. I don't see a world in which they're only keeping six receivers. I. Uh, I mean, there's there's a game to go. Someone gets hurt. Okay. <laughs> Someone gets hurt. You know. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, here's okay. I think they most likely keep seven. Um. I think that that's very much a possibility. I think there's. I feel very unconfident i feel very confident that sky Moore makes his team that rasheed rice makes his team and mvs makes his team i feel mostly confident that every that canarius tony justin ross richie james and justin watson make this team like i would be a little surprised to see any of them cut but i'm not putting the guys that are clearly wide receiver five six or seven and sharpie at this point in time when we're talking about this because justin ross as much as we like him you're saying you're putting him in sharpie he's also the third outside only wide receiver that's just a vertical kind of guy right like you're really going to keep three of those guys for sure. Yes. Richie uh, James is, uh, he's a little bit different because they have found a way to use Sky Moore, Richie James, and Rasheed Rice all with the first team. Like they've all actually gotten reps with the first team. So I, and he's the first team kick returner and punt returner. I feel a little better about him than Justin Ross <laughs> at this point in time, too. So, like, I don't know. It's a weird room. I think they keep seven. I just, I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit on the Sharpie at this point mm. in time. It's early and seven's a lot of wide receivers. I agree. I don't disagree. It is. It is. It's a ton of wide receivers. They've put I mean, go. You're fine, Craig. No, you go. Go. I you just, got stuff. I look at this group and I agree that like seven's a lot. And from a from looking at building a 53, I don't think it makes a ton of sense. I don't think Justin Ross is wide receiver seven is necessarily a special teams player, which is typically what you see the bottom of your wider of your wide receiver group being. I also don't think that they want to lose Justin Ross, and I don't think they're willing to lose Justin Ross. I don't think they're willing to move on from this kid, especially what he's shown in the preseason with some exceptional route running, albeit in you're right, very defined, very, very packed group of players. But I think to keep the train rolling, to keep the you know the roster building going for not just 23, but beyond, Justin Ross makes too much sense to add. And I mean, he's done a lot to 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 prove that. I just I I have a hard time seeing them moving on 
from him. And that's, I mean, he's the reason that there's seven. You're right. If there's an injury, it's six. But I think why, maybe not necessarily in the pecking order all the time at wide receiver. Will he be wide receiver seven? I could see him being an active guy a couple games and getting out snapping a Richie James potentially or somebody like that. Cause like I think, or a Justin Watson for special teams purposes. There's just that that's down the road. I said, who's, don't worry. who's becoming inactive for him to be active. I don't know. They're going to inactivate their kick returner and punt returner and Richie I, James. It's not going to be Richie and, James. Right, Richie no, James like, is, is a saying, lock like, for the active roster. Who are they going to yeah. make inactive to get that seventh wide receiver? I think all that now, I guess to start the year, you might be okay because Kadarius Tony is hurt. And like, Hey, if we want to lob random names out there into the cut universe, there's a guy that I doubt. I mean, I don't think they would at all, but I mean, they're not going to do that. Here's a guy that can't even get on the field right now. Right. I, hey, you want zero snaps in the first team unit. And you want to, if you want to blame <laughs> some of this, if if you want to blame some of this on the situation with Kadarius, Tony, that's fine too. He's, he's presenting extreme extenuating circumstances too to this whole thing. So there is that as well, but yeah, continue. I mean, Please cook. I I, I look at this right now, and there's one guy that last week, yes, he ran with the first team. Justin Watson runs with the first team. He's making this roster. I am 90% sure that he is on the initial 53-man roster. Justin Watson was not running with the first team special teams unit. He was the second guy coming in there. And that's one of those things that we've always looked at, and we're just like, yeah, he's going to basically be – for core, he's going to play as much as he can, given his body type. Like, that's just going to be what it's going to be. So when you, as a vice for this team, which, again, he's an exceptional blocker, played a lot of vice for this team last year. When you, as a vice for this team, go from the first team to the second team in favor of Joshua Williams, Shamari Connor, and Brian Cook, like, it's noteworthy to me. That, that at least is noteworthy to me. I don't believe for a second, though, because he does everything right. He's in the right spot at all times. Like, all of that stuff that Andy Reid loves and that Patrick Mahomes loves. It's not just Andy. That Patrick Mahomes loves, that Matt Nagy loves. He does all the little stuff. He's going to make this roster. But that was just one little tidbit of movement that happened this week that that raised my eyebrows a little bit in that wide receiver room. I just, yeah, Justin Ross at this point, I think is just going to be a guy that's going to be on the roster. We'll see how much he contributes week to week. I do think that seven guys are going to make it. And I think it's going to be the seven that we are talking about consistently. But I think if there's anybody coming out of this week that I'm sharpening, it's Richie James. And it's, it's just Richie James for me because Hmm. taking over first team kick returner, returner duty on top of punt returner on top of being pulled early with the first team, despite an injury i i just look at that and i'm going nah richie james is definitely on well, this roster despite no injury like there was no reported injury for richie Correct. james right um but i also I, I i don't know i just i don't think there's a real injury but like the fact that he came off after so early compared to mvs and sky Moore, who are clearly their top two guys i just i yeah. wonder what to make that's like i feel like I, he must have gotten a little banged up i feel like i still feel like that's the most reasonable thing there or he's just such clearly the top return man, they don't want to lose him. Because, I mean, their second punt returner was ISM and, like, yikes. Um, Jeez. I, yeah, so, I mean, I'm with you guys. They're going to keep – I think they're most likely keeping seven wide receivers. It's just, if, it, if it's six, Justin Ross is the one to go. So, it's that's why I can't put him in sharpie. I think, like, if it's I six, think that's what it is. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. If Andy doesn't want to go in with three tight ends – 
because he has no fullback and he wants to be able to run heavy personnel, no matter despite Travis Kelsey being tired after being the sole focus of the offense for a 95 yard drive. And he wants to stay <laughs> heavy and, or somebody gets hurt and they don't trust their offensive tackle backups right now as they keep shifting them from side to side. And the backup offensive tackles don't look that great so far. Like, what are we going to do here? Like, are you going to cut down the offensive lineman? Who's going away to make sure that you have a seven? So I just six. Blaine play. Robert. <laughs> you only keeping one quarterback? Yeah, all of a sudden we're talking about a, a bigger roster crunch than just keeping two no. quarterbacks there. Okay, I let's just, talk about the game. Let's talk about the wide receivers in the game. Yeah. I, I just wonder, man. I'm just saying. I just like, I wonder if they try. I think they're going to try to find a way to accommodate seven. Sure. And I don't know where it comes from. I think they're exploring all options for that specifically. Are there any other positions, players that you want to talk about before we get out of here, would, Matthew? Yeah, I want to talk about the wide receivers in the game and not just kind of like what it, the roster, I guess, is going to look like of that. Because like I think I think it's notable. You're starting to get a little bit of an idea of how the Chiefs want to use these guys, right? And we start with the Justin Justin Ross and MVS and Justin Watson. They're all kind of filling the same bucket. They're outside wide receivers that are mostly running vertical routes. Like, yes, uh, Ross ran a great whip route, but it's still something you're kind of setting up more in a vertical plane. He's not crossing the whole the whole field. It was an excellent route, but he's still an outside vertical wide receiver, like an MVS, like Justin Watson's been kind of used. The, neither None of those three guys are threatening with Yak. None of those three guys are threatening on jet motion stuffs or to really come all the way across the field or run you know routes out of the slot where they're getting two-way goes. They're linear guys that are running outside along the boundary. So you have those guys kind of in one bucket. I think you see Richie James is clearly a kind of a slot only guy. He's getting a lot of the McColl Hardman type routes, a lot of the McColl Hardman type usage, which is fine. That's a perfect thing for him. And I think you can sprinkle in more possession type routes over the middle of the field coming out of the slot for him. So he's got a very defined role. And then the big ones, Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, they're kind of doing a little bit of everything. They're, they're both kind of getting that Juju Smith-Schuster role where they're spending some time in the slot. They're also going out wide. We've seen we've seen Rice especially run a, lot, a few corner routes. We've seen him get outside on a fade, but then they're throwing him the RPO slants. They're having him run little hitches over the middle of the field, getting the ball in his hands. Those two guys are doing a little bit of everything. And I think for Rice, he's doing a lot more in preseason, like overall and usage than Sky Moore did last year. So like, if you want to have a little bit of hope that you're going to have a rookie wide receiver that has at least a little bit of an impact... Rice is doing a lot of different stuff for this team right now with the first team and they're getting plays designed specifically for him. And he's making plays, not as the first read within the structure of the offense. I don't know. Just something I have my eye on right now. Okay. We can't hear you. It's disappointing. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, Rasheed Rice has just been kind of the everything guy for this offense. And yeah, I was going to bring up Sky Moore. We haven't seen much of him. They, they pulled him early. They're not focused on targeting him on some of these looks, on some of these rules. Except for the he, third down when the offense was struggling. Except for third down <laughs> when they've got to have it, and he comes up with a really tough catch there. I, I, I'm i walking away from this preseason saying Sky Moore's going to have a big year. Like, I really, truly believe that Sky Moore's going to have a big year. It's going to be a lot of underneath stuff. It's not going to be like big, you know, super splash impact plays. I just really like what we've seen from him so far. And the fact that they are hiding him as much as they are while still using Rasheed Rice in some of these similar ways and then throwing that, you know, making sure to target him, get him those reps. 
I think those two guys are going to work in a lot of the similar areas of the field. They're going to swap in and out. They're two completely different players. Rasheed Rice definitely has that yak ability. He's going to run through a guy, going to make a guy miss an open field. Sky Moore is going to be your third down. He's going to be the guy that's going to find that space, going to come up with a big catch, You know, not going to drop the ball. It's going to be really good. I think they can both be on the field together. But the fact that we haven't seen Sky be a focal part of this offense when we have you know, with some of the similar alignments, some of the similar roles with Rasheed mm-hmm. Rice, with, you know, some of these other guys a little further down the depth chart, makes me believe that when the first team is out there, it's, hey, Patrick, make sure you don't target that guy. Let, you know, let's feed the ball to this guy or this guy or this guy, unless it's a third down and we got to keep the ball rolling so that we can get us some more reps. Then all of a sudden you're seeing a little more Travis Kelsey, a little more Sky more in those situations. And I just think, I, I think it's lining up to be a big year for him. I agree. I also can't shake. And I, I do think Sky Moore is going to have a great year. I can't shake how fun Rashi Rice looks with the ball in his hands. And I continue just to think like, man, he could have a, he could have a real, I think he's going to buck the trend of your historical Andy Reid wide receiver, rookie wide receivers. I genuinely do. Um, he look, he just looks different than like everyone they have in that room. And what, that's what just, do we what do we think about Patrick comping him to Sammy Watkins? I mean, it's worth. Uh, hey, we'll say whatever, whatever, whatever. Rashi said, if Pat said it, I'll, it's true or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's a solid. It's a solid comp. I mean, like the way he plays. Trying to, if we're trying to relate it to Andy Reid wide receivers, right over the past few, even just going back to his Philly days, that's not a that's not a bad one to point out because they're both. A little bit bigger, very physical guys, and they're running with the ball on their hand. They do all this different stuff. So, like, yeah, I, I, I kind of get it. I think that at this point of his career, compared to Chief Sammy Watkins, he's a little bit more agile. Maybe still not quite. He's explosive as all get out, but Sammy could still get going in the first couple steps, even with the Chiefs. So, but he's a little bit more agile than Sammy was with the Chiefs because that poor guy's body. I actually, yeah, I think I think Rashi looks more explosive than Sammy Watkins did. In a Chiefs jersey, and that Jacksonville okay. game, that Jacksonville game is going to stick Ooh, yeah. with me, though. Yeah, gosh, the last time he was healthy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we spent a lot of time talking about like maybe a Juju type, right? And he's more explosive than Juju, no doubt. Oh, for sure. And he looks mm-hmm. different with the ball in his hands. Like Juju was good with the ball in his hands, but like very Rasheed looks different. He looks different with just the, the ball usage. The Juju usage is just yeah, where that easily connects. I've. I've comfortably gone from worried about the wide receiver group to I'm excited to see how it shakes out because I think there's enough fun swings in there that it's going to get figured out. And a couple of these guys are going to be really fun where the cool thing about like this group is you're going to look next year and you say, well, they have Sky Moore and Rashi Rice back. That's a great starting point for this group. You know, it's going to be like, there's going to be a couple of guys. I do genuinely believe after looking oh, so through, you're admitting that Justin Ross won't be here. That's going to do it for the Casey Laboratory. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you. Make sure you're checking everything else out on Casey Sports Network this week. It's going to be a great week. We'll catch you later. Check the Substack for Offensive Tackle Talk. Thank you for listening to Casey Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, 
K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.